What's up, guys? Welcome back to Table 40. <clears throat> Today, uh, we're uh, delighted to have... Really delighted. That's yeah. such a nice yeah. word. All right. Uh, <laughs> Daniel and Tori Murphy are joining us. Daniel played in the Major Leagues for 12 years, a three-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger. Uh, they have three, ki three kids, two sons, and one daughter. And we are thrilled to have you guys on. Thanks for having us. This is going to be fun. It is going to be so fun. So we talked before we hit record that I, we want to talk about the whole story, but real quick, like you're, you're a fellow student like me, Daniel, you're back in school. And let's talk about that real quick before we jump into your past. <laughs> members of the intelligentsia right here. We are. We're so smart. We're the old smart people. <laughs> All ruining the curve. They asked a question in my history class. They're like, why are you in college? And so they said all of the things that I would say. It's like, I want to get a job, start a career. And I was like, I'm here to learn how to think and organize my thoughts via spoken word and writing. And I think these kids are like, the old man's lost it. Like, he's lost his mind. Um, it's been such an interesting transaction or not transaction, but experience because the first time I went to school, I just, I was there for baseball. And then this time I'm better understand that I could be doing anything else in the world and I'm choosing to do this. So I might as well try to do it admirably, I guess. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So do you sit in the front of the class? I sit, I was in the back. The only one of them is on site. So the philosophy class is on site. So I sat in the back corner, um, almost exactly where I sat 15 years ago, almost the same exact class. So it looks the same, like it's <laughs> not much has changed. And then I started moving around just to, um, you know, test their nervous systems a little bit and see how they would respond. <laughs> and then the rest of them are online. Then uh, it's two classes and the history yeah. class is online. So yeah, 1865 to present. And so that's been, that's, I knew nothing of American history. I still know nothing, but I know more now than I did a month ago. Yeah. And what's the goal? Do you have a goal in mind or was it just something that you wanted to accomplish? Well, the, I think originally I, I wanted to go back to school to get my degree, or at least thought I did, depending on how much they were going to ask of me. Uh, <laughs> that was, and they only asked two classes, which I really needed like 10 probably because yeah. I left a year early, I'll probably, um, you know, as a junior. And so I figured two classes, you got to take that. Like, that's just, it would be irresponsible and a bit lazy to not do it. So finish the degree. And then I may take more. I don't know. Two is probably the extent of my load. So if you're doing more than top marks to you, because two is, is plenty for me. Yeah. Same. I'm, I'm a two person. Do the kids ever ask you questions thinking you're like a teacher's assistant or something? <laughs> so I'll get them. It, it has been fun. You did have to introduce yourself. You did have yeah. to say how old you were in oh, class. Okay, gotcha. yeah. so, the, the I'm, first student, I'm not here to teach. Yeah. Yeah. The first one they asked how old you were on the online one. I said 35. Um, so that was, that was very, very interesting. And then some of the other ones, I just, sometimes I say things and I think they look at me it's like, well, we're older. So we have more life experience. So it's like, listen, you know, I didn't know much then. And you know, the people that we learn from know way more than us now. So I listen to them. Absolutely. That's good. All right. Let's get back to the beginning of your story. And so how do you guys meet? College. In college. Yep. yep. Started making out in college. And then we tried to date a couple times. Didn't take. And then the third time we started dating and then he dumped me hardcore. Um, and then that's when we maybe invited Jesus to be in the center of our relationship. And then it, that time it took off. 
now. Yeah. <laughs> I really like him now. <laughs> That's amazing. So I've heard you tell that story before about yeah. the big breakup. So let, let's tell that. Let's tell that with a little more detail because that's a really fun story. Breakup. Okay. So we were dating. I thought we were going to get engaged. I had found ring pictures on his phone. I like thought it was going down and I was a teacher at the I time. I never knew that. You yeah. were in the, my phone? Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. It came up on your computer. Fair but play. fine. I knew they were there. And I was a teacher at the time and I literally was getting called into the principal's office. He was giving me like an upgrade to be like a real teacher, not an assistant. We're going to give you the class. And he was like, listen, there's so many more people more qualified than you to teach, but I'm going to give it to you. And as I was in this meeting, this one was texting me, breaking up with me. So I was like, my boyfriend thinks so too. <laughs> Yeah, no. real Peter Pan over here. I wasn't. Yeah. I've had to. It's okay. She, she bought yeah. me and bought me on the nose enough times to try to take a, the Peter Pan out of me. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was a breakup. Yeah. And then it you was, guys got back together. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, we got back together. Took a break. That's when I like I really came to Jesus, and he really did too. And then when we got back together, we like decided to date the way the Lord says you should date. And like the most interesting part of that story is like the entire team also knew that's what we were doing. So that, oh, year was that? That 2012 Mets? So 2000, oh, uh, whatever, 12, yeah, 12, 12 Mets, like knew we were dating like the real way to date, like nothing in the bedroom. So like everybody knew our life, like they were all in on it. So talk about like all these men having like accountability. They're like, are you coming on the road trip? <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. <laughs> well, because I would get asked some questions and it was like, well, you're not allowed to do this. So we had, we had, we had chosen to try to honor Jesus and each other by remaining abstinent when we got back together and engaged. Um, that's not the way it went the first time, but Jesus died for that. So thank you. Yes. Um, and so, but I would get questions that, that were kind of like, so you're not allowed to do that. And I was like, well, it's not that I'm not allowed to, like all things are lawful. It's just what not all things are edifying is that if that's the way Paul described it. So it was a good way to be like, no, nah, man, I could do whatever I want, but it's going to come at a cost. And that cost is like at the expense of my relationship with Jesus and my wife. And then as it kind of comes out of there as well, too. So that was they looked at me yeah. funny, but I think they, they, they what well, the boys understood. They just, they wanted to poke as well too. Like, Hey, yeah. you say you're not supposed to. I was like, all right, I got broad shoulders or Jesus does at least. So come on, ask me. That's good. That, that, what a, that's, that's so good. I think oftentimes we don't allow people in our lives enough to be able to see the journey like that. And so I think that that's really cool. I'm sure that that made an impact on your teammates and the wives more than you guys would even realize, you know, cause there's that saying, right, that more is caught than than taught. And so I think to be able to watch y'all navigate something that that you really wanted to honor and really wanted to believe in um, was was probably very beneficial to their journeys. That's really cool. Yeah, it was cool. And it kind of locked in like those are that was like a crew for us, you know, like it, they saw like both sides of our relationship. So even now, it's crazy that they're like they like mention that. And it's like, yeah, there's a reason why like a huge like reason why our relationship turned. So that's always like fun too. That is really neat. And so <clears throat> talk about that a little bit. So what happened prior to, besides the, besides the breakup, was there anything prior to that, that you thought, man, Jesus really is who he says he is. And, and this is real. I mean, was it your family? Was it teammates? Like what kind of brought the Lord to the center of your relationship? 
Um, I think for me, because the carpet was like pulled out with the breakup and everything, everybody was like, well, how do you trust Daniel? Like, how are you going to get back together with Daniel? And I think my response was like, I don't put all my trust in Daniel. Like I'm going to put my trust in Jesus and like this journey going forward. And when he's, he says he's good. So I'm going to follow him. And so if that's with, obviously I wanted it to be, I mean, I've always thought Daniel was hot since I've been 19. So like, I was like, please let it be this one. But if it's not, I have to follow him no matter where he was going to go. So yeah, that's good. What about you, Daniel? So I, I mean, I, I grew up um, kind of in a, in a Southern Baptist church in a, in a home. And like, I love a lot of the things um, and the teachings of like the Baptist, like the Baptist ministry. There is one, I think that I, I interpreted growing up as a bit more of judgment and I carried a lot of shame. And so when my mom said to me that, you know, when I think how much of Jesus loves you and your brother and sister, I can't, I can't even comprehend it. Like there was this, this kind of like, I think of it like just um, scales from my eyes a bit of like, God loves you. Like Jesus loved, like, no, like he loves you. He's your dad which is uniquely different than me trying to produce enough to have Jesus love me. Like, that's the way I feel like I'm wired. I'm, I'm, I can be, I would, I say industrious, but like I could do the same thing over and over again. So I like to work towards things. I like to see me getting to stuff. And it's like, there's just kind of, what is it? This not abstract, but how am I getting closer to Jesus? How do I feel it? How do I, and it was more the relational aspect of like your, your love. Like you're really loved and I didn't really believe it. And then I did. And I was like, well, what do I do with this now? Because once you're conscious, you have to make a decision a bit. And so, you know, with the help of um, my mom and just surrendered to Jesus there, it's like, I, I don't know what you want, but you're good. And I still struggle with it though. Like I still feel massive amounts of shame, but like life's not easy. So okay, yeah. On. yeah, that's good. What are some of the teammates that have had an impact in your faith? Is there some guys that, that kind of came alongside you that, that you felt like maybe older guys that, that helped and helped you in your faith? So one of the first ones wasn't a teammate, but was um, a strength coach named Brad Andrus. I'm not sure if you were yeah. familiar with Brad in Colorado, <laughs> but like Brad gave me the, the, the answers to the test. And like, he would just wallop me in the face over and over with blind spots. And I was like, why, why would you do this to me? And he's like, you would tell me about, it. well, we had just gotten married and he'd be like, you know, have you ever considered instead of just kind of, you know, maybe being a bit resentful to your wife or short with her, explaining to her how fatigued you are and maybe that you don't have a ton of energy now, but you're going to give her everything you got. That's uniquely different than just being silent on the couch so to speak and so we had those conversations tori and i did from what brad would tell me and i was like he just he just took away so many blind spots and he he gave me a choice and like well the thing is, is if you have a choice you could choose you, you could choose good or evil type of thing you could choose yourself or to serve others and he took away you know some of those blind spots i guess the the naivete and i didn't have any excuse anymore like you know what's up now so you have to choose so he was one uh, for sure. And I'm trying to think of who else I know, like, like David, not necessarily David, Wright, But more just the way he went about it. Like, I thought he was really honorable and how he went about his business. Um, it's like, this is what a shift looks like you come to work, 
um, you, you do what you can for yourself. And hopefully if there's a bit left over, you have some for your teammates and then some for your family and stuff like that. And I thought he was like, he did a good job. I really enjoyed that. It's amazing that you guys share that guy. Andrews. Yeah. A little He's anchor for, for the Murphys in the holidays. You like, guys didn't get him long enough. Brad. I had him for a long time. Yeah. I had him for two years, but they used to, the guys, the team used to make fun of me. I would go to his office, Brad's office in the, in the weight room and they would all be at their lockers kind of hanging out before the game. And I was like, I love you guys, but I don't think what you're giving me is, is, is vital in the long run <laughs> is if I go talk to Brad right now. And so I don't know ask Tori if it yeah, helped or not, but yeah. I used they to go used in to there go, every day. Like didn't they used to call your dad? You used yeah. To, used going to, to see your, your dad. Life. Yeah. Like I, mm -hmm. Call it whatever you want. He's passing out wisdom back there, okay? So that's what I'm going to get my mitts on. How about you? I mean, you're a natural leader. Like, people gravitate towards your personality, the way God's wired you. Were, were there older women that helped shape you, or were you the one that was like, come on, I'll teach you all I know? No, you, girl. Yugi, I used to soak up. Oh, my gosh. I used to soak up, and thank you. I used to soak up every word you would, like, talk about. Like, I remember at PAOs, you guys did that marriage conference. And I was like, speak more, Leslie, like tell me the playbook that you have. I need it. Um, so definitely you. And then Pam Guerin, she's a coach and Val Tuffle, like they, I didn't realize how amazing it was to have like older women in your Bible study. And they would just like, we're on the other side and they would speak so much wisdom. And it was like really early in the Mets and like, they would always show up. They always showed up to them. And I think that was always like a really cool thing. Yeah, that's good. I think it's real important to have older gals um, yeah. speaking into younger gals for sure. No doubt about it. So let's talk about the first season retired. How's that yeah. going for everyone? What was, did it feel different? Were you ready? Is it kind of one of those things where you've been thinking about it? Ah, okay. one of us was ready. It was not me. I was not ready. I don't know if I still am ready. Like last night he was, I've, um, real talk. I've done a lot of emotional retail shopping during these games. Jeff Bezos comes um, to the door every yeah, day. Yeah. It's okay. But we, the barn but I'm starting to get yeah. stuff too. Now I've been ordering shirts. You can't, I mean, you guys yeah. could tell, have you seen my Feeny shirt? Yes. You can't tell if this is a podcast, but I got boy meets world Feeny yeah. shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. New thing. Calling out to all my millennials. Yes. <laughs> um, he was ready. Like, he seems like he's ready. Me, I kind of thought, I don't know what to do with this. Um, I did get to see his last game. I flew out to the last series. I think last year, just like ending like that was really hard. Like I was so ready. I'm like, okay, if this is our last year, I'm going to make it the best ever. Like, and then it was like, whoop, you're not, you're going to come home and have the hardest three months season mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I saw his last game, which was amazing. And yeah, we're taking it day by day with this yeah. retirement thing. It is different. I think it's different for both for both sides. Like a rhythm for Matt and, and Daniel was a lot different for you and I. And and you know, and just with the kids and the move in the three times and and just the, you know, because you typically did move three times a year, spring training season, off season, and and just kind of it's just a completely different rhythm in a family than it was when when they were playing. And I think that that adjustment, it takes a while, you know? And I mean, we've, what, it's been a couple years now since you haven't played. And I'm just now starting, not that this is encouraging at all. And so <laughs> I'm just now <laughs> starting to, to feel like, okay, like this is the new normal, but it took a really long time just because that was such, you know, you play during such formidable years and 
they play for such a long time that it's just really hard to get into a new normal for sure. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, oh, I was thinking about like when you were saying that is that like for me looking at it, I think for like for both of us, Tori and I, is, when we got done with this one, it was like the end of an adventure, I guess. And so like, it's like catch your breath a little bit. You know what I mean? Like that's where I feel I'm at right now. Like I'm getting to sample, you know, academia again and I'm getting to be with the kids more and which is which is awesome and and so I've been you know asked is like do you miss it and I I do like I, I do miss it but my temperament and personality is a bit maybe I don't it's unique because well God created me this way so it's unique in that I look at it like if I wanted to be playing baseball then I should have done the sacrifices and delayed gratification necessary to be playing baseball since I was unwilling to do that you got to kind of get on with it. So that's the way I looked at it. I knew I was going to pull the shoot um, the moment that I left for the season after the lockdown. I was like, so the first time I saw what I would be getting as opposed to what I would be giving up. So during the lockdown, it was like, we were all together. It was awesome. Our kids are great. They're little provocateurs. All right. They're awesome though. But I was like, Ooh, I get all of you a lot more. I never, I never seen it that way. And so when I left, I was like, nah, I'm it. They throw too hard. I'm going to run as fast as I can for three months. And then I'm almost a thousand percent sure I'm out of here. Yeah. But I did. Yeah. That's good to have that, that piece about moving on to the next adventure for sure. And then Tori, you started a ministry with the the postseason with PAO. Yes. How's that going so far? Good. Doing with my girl, Lisa. I mean, yeah. that is just like a treat all the time. So um, it's good. It's been really fun to get on Zoom calls and to have a bunch of retired baseball women kind of say things out loud, like we're all feeling it. Mm-hmm. And um, like the other day, we were like, what's the craziest quote your husband has said, like since retirement? And somebody was like, well, now we actually have to make friends. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> we actually have to make friends here. And so it's been really fun. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Lisa's awesome. Y'all are doing a great job with that. And that is true. Like, cause with, with pro sports, I think you have built in, built in buddies. And so um, it is different when you get in to not having those teams, you know, you, you do, you have to meet, meet new buddies. Teases that he like, now he gets to choose his own friends instead of having 24 built in friends. And I'm like, yeah, I had built-in girlfriends yeah. too. <laughs> now I have to try to find them. Yeah, I think it might have stunted my ability to, to make new friends, to be honest with you. Because when, <laughs> when you show up, you have basically an entire organization, but closer to 40 or 50 people you're doing life oh with gosh. daily that are like, you're all looking at the same thing. You're all going in the same direction, theoretically. So it's like, yeah, we can all be buddies. Let's go. Let's go yeah. win as many games as we can. At a kid's birthday party, I have to do all the introducing. I'm like, yeah. this is Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really do have a husband. <laughs> Here we go. Him, your friend. <laughs> That's good. I'm like picking them out. Like that dad looks good for you. <laughs> you guys might like the same things. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> yep. I think that one's it. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Let me get to your friend. <laughs> oh, that's great. So tell me a little bit about your... <laughs> <laughs> I uh, heard about your workouts and sliders and in, in spring training. Oh, yeah, uh, in the rounds are they? Well, Looking you know, like, spring, it's gonna cost Rockies, you, man. My Rockies buddies are like, yeah, Mer- <laughs> 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 in his underwear in the weight room with these wires all over him, and I was like, 
I got to know more. That's right. That's it. Okay. So there's, it's called uh, Evo Ultra Fit is kind of the, is the name of the, the company. That would be the workouts, but the name is Jay Schroeder and he's out of um, Phoenix and it's called the Arp Wave. Um, so really what it does is basically the electrodes, you put them on there and they can, they lengthen and contract muscles at the same time. Whereas I see you giggling on me. That's fine. <laughs> no, Nobody I sees you. Giggling. I get it. I like it. It's going to be great. So it lengthens and contracts muscles at the same time, as opposed to just contracting, like maybe an H wave or a stem. And so you're lengthening, contracting, and then you can do certain movements doing, during them. And so, yeah, I would, yeah, I'd be basically stark naked. Why? And you should have seen in spring training when the 20 year olds would walk in and I'd look at him and be like, this is your future guys. You play your cards, right? This is all going to belong to you one day. <laughs> <laughs> I, heard about, I heard about it so i had to well, ask you about it no it was good i i enjoyed it the guys were good sports about it and also like whether i didn't have to run so the movements be, they you didn't have to run now whether i should have been running or not is another story a part of the program there was no running and i was like i want that so i did it i wonder what brad would say about that did you ever send him that workout and see what I did it? Out? I haven't, man, I, I called Brad maybe about two years ago. And I don't know if I have the, the right number. I would love to catch up with him. I think that he seemed pretty creative and open to new ideas. I think he'd probably give it a go. <laughs> did, did, did you ever know that he, uh, he tried to throw his arm out so he could feel like what Tommy John surgery was like? I did hear that story. <laughs> I did hear that story. If that's not creative, now you could say what you want about the finished product, but for someone to want to blow their UCL so that they could better understand how other people are going through it is who thinks of stuff like that. That's he, great. He was incredible. And he ran, did he run, still run every sprint? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he went taking off the first day of spring training and I, I knew coming from Colorado cause he's quality control out there in Denver. I was like, this guy's been around the block. He knows about the season. I want to be like, Hey Brad, we got eight months, man. You might want to slow down on that run around the field. He's like, Nope. Time to go boys. Yeah. He was wearing short shorts before short shorts were back. So he, yep. was, he was ahead of the curve on that deal. He's great. He do uh, introduce people in spring training. Oh yeah, the big bucks, and then the, the All little the way ones. Down to the, yeah, it was great. The big do bucks. They know how to. Be so offended now about that. I think I don't know that it would go over well. Well, you would. What he did was so it, it really was. He would stretch the young guys because it's like, hey, you're gonna need to feel what it's like to feel vulnerable and front of these men because this is who you're going to do life with and you're going to be laid open naked bare and yeah. oh by the way if you want some help navigating that forest those guys at the end with 10 years in the big leagues they know what it looks like watch them maybe even talk to them a little bit they'll help you <laughs> now it was more eccentric than that but i feel like that was probably that was the foundation of what i took from it it's like hey you're going to stretch me make me sing in front of 60 people it's like yeah i get it yeah so great to move up the line and not have to be picked on. Anymore. Yeah, that first year he started doing, he goes first spring training. And I was like, one of my, I was like, I, I did my first big league camp was after I had played in the big leagues. So I was like, I think that's me. What's he going to do to those guys? <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, goodness. Okay. So you want to ask him about hitting? Yeah. Probably? So when we, you know, this podcast, there's a lot of people that listen to it, but what, what would you teach? And, and I was reading up like kind of David Wright was talking about how he loved to sit and talk hitting with you. And I, would, I was curious after all these years and learning all that you've learned, if you were teaching young kids 
how to hit, what would be the things that you would teach them? Hmm, man, it's so interesting. What a great question because I, it's molded a lot. Like if you asked me that 10 or 15 years ago, um, I would think more mechanics, but I think more now, I think we respond to stimulus. You know what I mean? And so when I tell my sons and they're hitting, you know, smile, all right, it's supposed to be fun. All right. And I think smiling really helps you swing as hard as you can try to center it. And if I was talking to somebody a little more advanced, the biggest thing I think of is I don't, I don't want the infielders to catch my batted balls. All right. There's only three people in the outfield. They're covering a very small amount of space. There's five of them in the infield. If you count the pitcher and the space um, is smaller than it is in the outfield. So I'd rather fight against the guys in the outfield. And then I also think that like a golfer, we should have multiple entry points into the hitting zone because not every pitch is created equal. Not even every fastball is created equal. Some of them have higher spins, as you know, that are straight. Some of them a bit more like a sinker. And so like the way you would enter into a heater when you face Max in comparison to the way you would enter into a heater when you face um, Zach Davies are you completely different. And so why I think that we should work on optimizing that on our own time as opposed to just reacting to what happens in the game. Like, oh, this guy has a straight fastball. I think that we can work on stuff like that. So that would be a couple of them. Mm -hmm. I like kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you like the ball down. You almost killed a couple of our guys. You like the ball down. Well, that's, you know, that's what, what, you know, when you talk about hitting and the mechanics of it, and I'm trying to teach hitting here to, to 24 college kids. So it's like, you know, they're all different and trying mm -hmm. to explain to them certain things, but it's just interesting. Like I, I'm more of a concept guy too. Like if you can hit a line drive off the pitcher's face, then, or, you know, the batters, if you can hit a line drive off the batter's eye, you're probably in a pretty good spot mechanically. So like, I don't know, just trying to, uh, trying to find the right mix of, of approach mm -hmm. with mechanics because mechanics are important. If your mechanics are terrible, then, you know, it doesn't matter how mentally tough you are. You're probably not going to get many hits. So you, you feel like you're standing on your head. Like you, you can be as tough mentally as you want. You're still getting your teeth kicked in. Correct. Like when you like your swing mechanically, it gives you confidence in the game. That's why we talk about mechanics so much. Like, I feel like, when you trust your swing, you're telling yourself, if you throw a pitch here in the middle of the plate, I trust that I'm going to hit it hard and yep. do what I want, make good decisions. It's like, all right, well, that's a good thing. I like your ideas from a concept. I like to think more pictures. I paint pictures. This is what I want the ball to do. Here's where I want the ball to start on the way in. Here's where I want it to finish. Here's where I want it to end up. And it's usually, I want it to finish in somebody's Diet Coke out in right center field. <laughs> that's cool. yeah. you know, it doesn't always happen. But that's my last thought before I go in because try to live each moment before it happens. That's yeah. from the, the program a little bit. It's even not just kind of the workouts. It was a little more, I've kind of bought into it a little bit more philosophically as well too. It's like release the result. Have you, can you trust the work you put in? Um, yeah. That's good. I like that. And I, I think too, um, Tori, I want to ask you this and, and then we can ask our last question that we're super excited about every single time. But anyway, um, so with with Daniel's career and the same with me with with Matt's career, they're doing all this hitting stuff and then we're sitting in the stands and and we're building relationships with women and and God starts to cultivate different passions in our lives as as we put in the hours of supporting our husbands. And I, I've noticed one of your passions is this prom, what I would call ministry. 
like a prom ministry. And so yeah. I want, I want to hear about that a little bit. And I just, the reason why I want to hear about it is because I think it's really important if there's young wives that are listening to this, whether they're in, in pro athlete marriages or, or what, I think just like following through with this desire that you have, or this, this dream that you have, um, is really important for women to do. And I want, I just want, let's walk through that a little bit and talk about what you've been able to accomplish. Okay. Yeah. So it's, um, my favorite thing. I feel like it's taken a while to cultivate like exactly what I harmed in on. And I think foster teens is like where my heart is at. And so the prom series, it really started in, um, Denver and that, you know, you have those wives charity meetings and I was like, Hey, uh, I have an idea. If you give me a suite, I was like, can I bring, um, foster teens here and we, they can pick out their prom dresses. And they were like, do you have it all lined up? And I was like, yeah. And I didn't, I had nothing lined up, <laughs> like no dress store. No, they're like, you have the teenagers you're thinking of. I'm like, for sure I do. Totally. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. And so, um, I just really prayed about it and I was like, listen, I think this would be great. So a prom dress store came and set up the dresses and like turned over a suite. And then these girls came and it was just like this perfect night. And then the funniest thing is farther I get away from it. Like Jesus was so intertwined in that night. Cause so many things should have went wrong. Like it shouldn't have worked out the way it did. And it was just so perfect. And so, um, I just kind of that idea has just kept going. And then the next year I had like five stadiums lined up that said, yes, that we can come and like host these prom events and have the wives be their shoppers and stuff. And then COVID obviously hit and whacked us. And, um, it's just organically kept growing. Like two girls have come beside me and they're like, Hey, I totally, if you have any ideas, I would love to help you. And so I was like, perfect. Cause I'm really overwhelmed. Careful what you wish for ladies. Cause she yes, took them up. I did. And we've just kind of run with it. And now, um, I started a back to school drive, like brand new clothes of back to school drive for foster kids. And so the way I kind of worked in it with baseball is like, if you send me a back to school outfit, I will wrap it in your team's Jersey. And then we donate it to foster teams, like wherever the team is located, if that makes sense. Yeah, the cities. Cities are located. Yeah. So it just kind of, it helped me. Honestly, we like did it all when he was gone. And like, I took over the entire upstairs, turned into American Eagle at our house. Like we had so many clothes and these women just like, I mean, the wives hearts on this, it was just awesome to see it all like come together. Yeah. I was just in a class this morning with at DTS and in the, the professor was talking about this method called shape and it's, it, it's like spiritual gifts, your heart, your ability, your personality, and your experiences. And so as I was thinking through this ministry that you, that you're doing, I thought about that, like the spiritual gift of leadership and discernment and um, just a willingness to not, this isn't in the Bible, but it should be like a willingness to just go and do it. Like, you know, like that's a gift, like a spiritual gift and your heart clearly is for, for this group and this community um, that that you have a heart for and your ability to organize and and get things going and motivate other people and empower other women to do it. I think that is super cool. And I think that that's, a, that's something that's rare in women, Tori, is to be able to say, no, I don't have to be in charge. Like you go be in charge in your circle you know, of influence and your personality is infectious and your experience with baseball and, and just the opportunity that we have as pro athletes to, to see just different hurts, I think, um, is really interesting in, in pro sports, because when you're married to Daniel and I'm married to Matt, like, like you have an opportunity to see different needs in the different communities that, 
we've been able to be a part of. And so I'm really excited for you. And I just want to encourage other women out there that if they have something like, you know, in their soul, like, man, go do it. And if it's, yeah. And if it's, yeah, you just have to know everyone's like, well, what, what is it going to look like in two years? I'm like, I have no idea, but like, what am I, I'm not failing. Like if it stops, I've still gotten so many outfits to foster care kids and that's where we're at. So it's just one, it's just like that first little vulnerability of putting yourself out there. Well, there's humility in that, right? Just do it. Well, if you, to do something new is to do something you don't know how to do. And so there's humility in doing that because it's, that's the unknown. That's unexplored territory. Like you haven't done it. So anything could happen there. There could be snakes in there and there probably are, but there's also a whole bunch of like rewarding experiences. And one of the coolest things that she did was when the prom series this past year in 2020 was going to do the five stadiums and kind of replicate what she did on site in Denver, when the season got pulled down and she, that wasn't going to be an option, she immediately took on more responsibility and transitioned to the back to school outfits for, for first day school. And I was like, well, who does that? Like you, you had your out, like you didn't, you were going to do it. It was all set up. And then they go, Hey, not your fault. We can't do it. I would have been like, I just got my summer back. All right, there we go. I don't have to worry about prom anymore. And she's like, no, back to school outfits. Give me all 500 of these from 30 different cities. Yeah. But you know, baseball women's hearts. Like once I dropped that idea out there, they're like, wait, like I was like, you pick out an outfit you'd want to wear, like zap yourself back to a 15 year old. And they not only sent like the outfit, like these girls sent the earrings, the water bottle, the note, like it was just like, their hearts were so awesome. And like, not only did they send me one size, they would send me like some girl sent literally extra small through large, all the same outfits. Like it was just the cutest thing. So it was just easy to tie baseball women's hearts to foster teens. And we just ran. It was, it has been really cool to see Tori give people, women, especially like this opportunity to express themselves. I feel like that's what I, it's like, go like you, you like this type of earring or this type of clothes, go. Do yeah. it, express yourselves, and we'll take it. All and of some it. outfits were sure. fun. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure about that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you. That is just so cool. That is so cool. I love it. The minute you told me that, I thought, wow, I can't wait to see how this shakes out. This is going to be incredible. And so. Did you send any outfits? No, I haven't. I will. Jeez. I should. I'm like, I'm more like Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) I let Tori do these things. (laughs) No, I think it's incredible. (laughs) All right. Ask him our last question that we've had so so much fun with. um, This is kind of the question. Table 40 is the name of the podcast. So if you're sitting at a table and you got to have, you get one big meal with some former teammates, who's there and what are you eating? Nice. You guys were so giddy to ask this. I'm going to give it a, a moment of thought because I feel like it deserves know. that. You know? Yeah. I already got it. Go. I got it. Okay. Like all of, I would literally do our gang from the Mets because mm-hmm. we had them for their 10 year dinner. And I would go to a super bougie, like sushi place. Oh, nice. And I'd want a private room and like all this. I'm a sushi fan. Yeah. That would be so much fan. fun for me. Hmm. I would probably do. David, you got to when you to learn at the feet of the guy. So David would be there. Um, man, what restaurant would I want to do? Uh, dang, 
I know. Such a good question. I, yep, I know exactly. Well, I tell your restaurant. No, then. See, this is this. Go. Hold on. This happens all I'm the time. This. I feel like I'm quite the methodical in my movements. Like I'm methodical. Now, when I get there, like you know, right. if you stop playing baseball for the first time in 25 years of your mm -hmm. life, I was completely kind of okay with that because my process was like this, and once I get there, right. we're there. You're she gets Three. there fast, but oh she'll start, God. she'll move stuff a little bit. She'll be like, oh, I'll go to Tao. Let's do Lavo. That's where you're going to Well, you can do both. They're right across the street from each other. Right. You have three New York restaurants he went to every time. He actually gives so many options. It's like true. He the same ones every time. Probably Tao, just because yeah. that was the one we went to um, yeah. a lot. And it was like New York-y. There you go. There, or Abe and Arthur. Was that the one that had the, um, mm -hmm. that had the. Uh, the donuts. Yes. The donuts. <laughs> and then the, um, <laughs> what was in the front? The pawn shop. Yeah. You walk to a pawn shop to get yeah. through the, the wow. restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. We will tell our kids one day we were hip. <laughs> oh, we're, we're super fun. Like They won't yeah. know it. Well, they're not going to know anything. They're not going to know that all the things they try to get away with that we've mm -hmm. done and I've done probably better and more deviously than That's they true. have. So we yeah. got them coming. Can't sleep yeah. anything by. Um, yeah. let's all see. things work together for the good. And those that love the Lord, you parent better with a broader perspective. Well, I can't just have a dinner with David. Yeah, so um, add some more people. Let's DeGrom. see. Jake. DeGrom. Jake from State Farm. DeGrom. Yes. Uh, I can't even put your table guys. together. Let me, let me just gather myself. Uh, Ryan McMahon. Yeah, McMahon from uh, with, with the Rockies. That's, yep. I've been watching the Rockies a lot. Those are, those are good guys. Yeah. Those are good dudes. Um, I just had I one them. and I talked myself out of it. It was another you like one. Like anybody that played for the Nationals or no? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I do. That's the most fun. I do we like do. those guys. Probably, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed um, Anthony Rendon. Like I really enjoyed how he went about it. Trey. Um, Triple Trey Turner and then Mikey Taylor as well too. Um, man, so many good guys. Mm -hmm. That happens fast. I'm trying to think. And then story, I would do Trev for sure. Like, oof, that that's an honorable man right there. Like he just struggle uphill, like pick up the biggest load you can and start walking that thing uphill. Like he's a good man. I'm very excited to watch his career. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's good. I'd Brad as well too. It'd be yeah. the easiest way to get a hold <laughs> that's of him. A good table. Yeah. I like that table. I can get his number. I don't know if I have it, but I got some contacts. I'll send it to you. I can, I can oh. get the current number. Uh, thank you if you do it. Don't stress yourself too much, but if you're able to do it. I think I have it, so I'll, I'll send it on. That's a really good, how did you come up with that question? How did that come? Because well, that's table 40. So we talk about like, you know, this is this, that we love to have people around our table. Like when we played, like we'd have people over all, all the time. Okay. And we found ourselves sitting around kind of getting to know people and talking and mm -hmm. around the table. It was one of our fun, our favorite things about playing was just like the, the dinners on off days and the, and the, just the get togethers. We had people at our house all the time. And, and mm -hmm. that was kind of one of our favorite things to do. And so we, we talk about like, you know, you don't get to be around the people that you played with as much as you wish, you know, like guys that, you know, like Adam Wainwright and Skip Schumacher and guys that, you know, that you played with and Ryan Spielborgs and Corey Sullivan and Garrett Atkins and guys that you played with. And you think it'd be really cool to kind of get everybody all together at once again. And mm -hmm. it's not really feasible, but 
you know, it's just talking about like, if you had, you know, if we could go to dinner tonight with some of our favorite people that we played with, who would it be? And so I always find it interesting just to ask people. No, that's a great question. I even thought as well to our chaplain from New York, uh, Callie Maggianis, um, he married us and like he was, and he did our, our premarital counseling as well too. No, I like that. That's a really good question. It, it's the, it's the first time I've looked back and thought of who are the people that come to mind? I think from our career, when you asked that question and it was all a lot of names started coming to mind. So sushi every time that's both of you. Sushi is where we're going. Uh, just her. Asian. He's more like I'll the Chinese sushi. food. Okay. Yeah. That's fun too, because well, that's new because yeah, mostly we get most steak. People are steak. Potatoes. But the Kershaw's were Tex-Mex and margaritas. That's true. So, yeah. you know, everybody's got their thing, but yeah. it's fun. That's fun. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been having us. Yes, that was fun. So fun. Thank you for listening to Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit sportsspectrum.com.